Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. We have been looking at the book of Psalms as a whole. Right now, we are nearing the end of the Psalter. From Psalm 120 to Psalm 134 is the Song of Ascents. This is when the ancient Jews would go up to Jerusalem three times a year on a pilgrimage to worship at the three festivals. And uh, what we've pointed out several times is that there is this uh, pattern that we see. There's a psalm that uh, shows the psalmist's trouble, and then the next psalm in order shows that the psalmist has trust in the Lord in spite of his trouble, and then the next psalm uh, shows that the that the psalmist has triumph. Um, and then that pattern just continues to repeat itself over the song, the, the whole section. Um, but before we look at Psalm 124 today, um, I, I kind of want to keep on hammering on what we've talked about at the beginning of each of the last programs. Out of everything that's happening, <laughs> out of everything that's happening right now, you know, it, it seems that the country is in an upheaval that we've never seen. There's the pandemic seems to be spiking again. Every time you turn on the news, there's there's bad news. Wouldn't it be a better use of our time if we just talk to contemporary issues right now? Remember what endures forever. Uh, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will endure forever. And this is why. And, and what we what I, what we all agree on here, and I know you, you listeners agree too that what's going to endure forever when all of the current turmoil is passed, mm. the, the Word of God will endure and the promises of God will endure. And so that's why there's, there's never anything more relevant than God's Word. There's never anything more relevant than the gospel. And, of course, we want to apply the gospel to the current moment. Right. Uh, the, the current moment is the color commentary. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, you know, I'm thinking of uh, – uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, uh, uh, where where he says, um, uh, "Be not uh, n- not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of the time, for the days are evil. Be ca- be careful then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of the time, for the days are evil." And the word for time there is uh, chronos, which means your moment. Know your moment. Mm-hmm. Know the times that you live in. Uh, and that way you can walk with wisdom. Uh, but but first go to the Word. And the fact that Paul could say that in Ephesians makes Ephesians relevant to us because that's exactly where we're at today. Yes. Um, so the relevancy of God's Word is it actually speaks to the moment that we're in, the chronology that we're in, uh, and we're to be wise in that. And in fact uh, – since the Word of God is the only thing that endures forever, it's actually the only thing that's really relevant. <laughs> that's true. Yes. 
That's Amen. true. Well, let's let's go to Psalm 124. Is that where we're at? Phil, you want to read that? Sure, I will read it. Uh, Psalm 124, a song of ascents of David. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away, the torrent would have gone over us, then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. So, like what we've said in the last couple programs, the whole Bible is really a, an outworking of Genesis 3.15, the enmity between the seed of the serpent, the seed of the woman, and the triumph of Christ. This psalm flows from Psalm 123, where the psalm, psalmist is talking about his trouble, and now he's saying, oh, we have, de- we have deliverance. Yeah. And, he, and in one sense, he's looking back on the past, and he can see um, God's hand in certain events of his life. And there, for most of us, if we, if we actually think about it, there was a time when God was very close to us. You know, I'm talking about I, – I can ask that of almost anyone. Did you ever – was there a time in your life where you've sensed God's nearness? Um, you know, I can think of times when, uh, you know, I've been near a, a near disaster. I mean, just being delivered in the nick of time, you know, on the road or something like that. If the Lord had not been there on my side, <laughs> you know – let let these are conclusions that we make from some of those traumatic events in our life mm-hmm. where we see God's intervention mm-hmm. it there's no other explanation for it other than his intervention and this mm-hmm. is what he's the psalmist is making that kind of logical conclusion yeah hmm. and the imagery here is 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 really frightening i mean especially if, for people that have ever been close to to drowning Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 3, you know, then, if the Lord had not been on our side, then the people would have swallowed us up alive. Think about uh, the, the the rebellion of Korah in the book of Numbers when the ground opened up mm-hmm. and the people fell into the depths of the earth. And then it says, when their anger was, anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. So this imagery is absolutely terrifying. Right. And, it, and for these pilgrims singing this psalm, um, they're on their way up to Jerusalem, and they're, and they're reminded of their deliverance, particularly the reason they were going up there uh, for Passover, for for Pentecost, for um, the Feast of Booze. All these things were pointing to the deliverance that they had from Egypt, the deliverance by you know having their doorway marked with the blood of the lamb. When, when God's judgment came upon the rest of Egypt, yeah. they were delivered. So there's a certain thankfulness. They left Egypt, and then uh, you know the, the Pharaoh decided, hey, we're going to go after them. Well, you know, the flood would have swept us away, but it didn't. Yes. It swept them away. Yes. Yes. There's, there's, there's a reminder of if God hadn't been on their side, they would have been stuck. Well, and I love the way it starts out. If the Lord had not been on our side, and then a pause, let Israel now say, this is call and response. Yeah. yeah. Liturgical. This, this, this is liturgical. <laughs> this is the, the leader uh, gives the call, and the congregation gives – it's say, it, say, it, say it with me God now. Is, God is good. God is good. 
Yes. Same all the when, time. <laughs> if the Lord had not been on our side. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, it shows the very corporate na- nature of worship. It mm-hmm. it really, just as a side note, it really erodes that very individualistic nature of Christianity today. Uh, mm-hmm. And and then as a as a corporate thing, you find it, you know they all the way through here, and l- enjoy the fact that Phil points out this liturgical response. We we don't do that often enough in our own worship service. We may do it at Easter. He is risen. He is risen, risen indeed. indeed. <laughs> you know that we have that response. These people had that kind of response on the road every year, mm-hmm. multiple times. They, there was, and and the Psalms are built that way in this responsive liturgy. Yes, yes, they are. And these it gives us, as we've talked about these examples of of God's God's salvation. And uh, Jonathan, you were you were telling us about it, it calls to mind God's salvation in delivering His people out of slavery in Egypt, mm-hmm. and then this shift into it's a reminder of history, and then the shift into praise. Blessed be the Lord, in verse six. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. There is an adversary. Mm-hmm. And there's an adversary. There's an adversary of our souls. Uh, there's one who prowls about like a roaring lion. <laughs> that is much more dangerous and than any physical. Much more dangerous than any physical. Seeking whom he may devour. Yes. And uh, blessed be the Lord who's not given us into his teeth. We've hmm. escaped. And how have we escaped? Look at verse seven. Like a bird, we were held captive to sin. And we've mm-hmm. escaped because God has delivered us, not, not out of our own wits and out of our own ingenuity, out of our own efforts. We've escaped the trap, uh, the death trap of sin. All the Psalms of Ascent have the same ascription, a Psalm of Ascent. Yes. And this one says, of David. And so in many respects, David had experienced these very things, particularly when he was running from Saul when he was running from his son Absalom, he, you know, the, he'd find himself in the wilderness. He'd find himself alone. He'd find himself protected by God. You know, he, he's hiding in a cave, and Saul goes into the cave, and he can, you know, the Lord is on his side. He, the Lord showed him he could uh, deliver him at any moment. Yes. And so, so we, you know, David is experiencing this. He knows that they're after his life, and. We don't know at what point David wrote this psalm, but it became a psalm that reflected the life of God's pilgrim people. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. One big difference you started talking about that God delivers us. We're in the teeth of the lion. We're we're in the snare of the the fowler, and and God has delivered us. Uh, but He's delivered us in a very specific way. Like you know, if you look at the religion of Islam, uh, you know, Allah can can forgive you and deliver you and bring you into His kingdom. But with, with with no regard to his justice, he just overlooks sin. But the way that the, the the Christian is delivered, the way that the psalmist is delivered here, is not merely by God taking him out of the the snare of the fowler or delivering from the teeth of the lion, but it's by him putting his own son in the teeth of the lion. Yes. It's by putting his own son in the snare of the fowler. I mean, we've already seen that in Psalm twenty two. Many bulls encompass me; strong bulls of Bashan surround me. Dogs encompass me; a company of evil doers encircles me. What is he describing there? He's describing Christ Himself, who becomes ensnared for us, and mm. that's how God delivers us. Amen. It's not merely by just rescuing us; it's by Christ trading places with us. Yes, exactly. Amen. 
Yeah, and that's and that's the hope of the gospel, um, and and that's that's why we know that these promises of the Psalms are true. Yes, they find their fulfillment in they Christ. They find their fulfillment what, in Christ. When Christ is on the road to Emmaus, what does he say to those those two men? He says, "Have you have you not heard about me and the Psalms and you know the law and the prophets? They no. all speak of me." Speak mm-hmm. of him. And and that's why we find him in 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 these. You know the final the final words of the uh, psalm are reflective of something we've already read. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. This is Psalm one one twenty one began that way. Psalm one twenty four ends this way. This being that second uh, psalm in the triad, we're we're at the point of of trust again, of of being helped again. And it's in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Think about the power that brings everything into existence by the word of his power. Mm-hmm. He speaks and it's created. And the very fact that uh, he created those things, uh, you know, if he has the power to create, he has the power to sustain, mm-hmm. he has the power to deliver. Uh, you know, none of those things are too hard for God. Yes. This is the one I'm trusting in. Amen. And that's why it's efficacious frequently to get outside and contemplate God's creation, Mm -hmm. to get outside and look at the night sky. You know, the heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. And today they pour forth speech. Yes. That this God, the God who made this, is the one who is my helper. That's right. To get outside and hear the birds sing and to reflect on that, that God takes care of every sparrow but we are infinitely more precious than sparrows. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see the flowers in the field and to know that God clothes those with splendor, and yet he cares for us much more than the flowers. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We hope that the Psalms, um, as we've been going through them, have been edifying to you. If you've missed any of these programs, just subscribe to our podcast. If you are lucky number 10 subscriber, Jonathan will send you a gift. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> So just make sure you share Just let me know who that 10th one is. (laughs) The Gospel for Life. So we'll see you next time. 